The following is a sponsored program on 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this program are solely those of the individuals or participants involved and do not necessarily represent those of Braden Madison Broadcasting or its employees. 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight is brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight. Jeff Shannon. Well, good morning. This is Jeff Shannon, and this is Sumner County Spotlight, brought to you each and every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock right here at WHIN from our good friends at FNM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard right here in Hendersonville. For all your banking needs, check out FNM Bank. Well, it's so nice to have you with us. Uh, we do have a special guest this morning. Uh, this is Dr. Moyer. Now, she's a board-certified family medicine physician, and she graduated with her bachelor's degree from UT uh, that Knoxville. Yes. UT Knoxville. Yes. yes. Go Vols. <laughs> and then attended four years of medical school at Lake Erie College and osteopathic medicine in Tampa Bay. In residency, she served as chief resident for her family medicine program, then returned to her roots right here in Tennessee and started Magnolia Family Medicine. It's a direct primary care practice. So, Kim, welcome to our show. Well, thank you, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so passionate about creating a better healthcare system for people in Sumner County. So I appreciate the opportunity yeah. to um, spread the word about direct primary care. Well, you know what? I think it's it's something that people might not know totally what we're talking about, but we're going to get to that. But let's just kind of fill them in, give them some background, tell us about yourself and who you are. Absolutely. Well, I'm a family physician. I see children and adults, and I open a medical practice in town called Magnolia Family Medicine. What makes us unique in town is that we have no waiting rooms, there's no co-pays or charges per visit, and every patient has my cell phone number in the event that they have an urgent issue after hours or maybe just a quick question during the day. Um, So having said that, let me just step back for a minute and uh, explain to you why I opened my practice. Mm -hmm. So it's no secret that our healthcare system does not function well for primary care. And so some of the downstream effects of that are, one, it takes weeks or even months to get an appointment with your primary care doctor. Two, there's often an hour long wait in the waiting room only to get about eight to 10 minutes of face-to-face time with your doctor. And then three, healthcare providers find it difficult to provide an accurate price for just about anything in healthcare. Um, And for most people, that price tag is very important to them and helps people make decisions regarding their individual health. Unfortunately, reduced access to your physician and these hidden, often inflated costs have become a new normal in our healthcare society. Now, when I learned about this new practice model, it didn't take long for me to realize that this was the answer to better patient care in our broken healthcare system. Um, So in January of 2020, I opened a direct primary care clinic right here in Sumner County. Guys, okay. What made you, we're going to go way back before this. What made you decide to become a doctor? What was your passion? (laughs) Yes. Well, yes, that's a good question. I, I believe it was somewhere in my undergraduate studies at the University of Tennessee, probably about junior year, where I just kind of fell in love with science in general. Um, I really liked science. I really liked physics. I liked learning about how the heart works and how the lung works. I decided to go into the medical field. So I took all my pre-med classes 
And um, once I was in uh, medical school, that kind of opens a lot of doors where you are trained in, you get to you know, go through surgery, um, OB, deliver babies, you get to see pediatrics, and turns out I ended up liking all of it. Well, well the fact you went to UT, that's kind yes. of my alma mater, and I was going to become a dentist. <laughs> well, then I got the radio bug, that was my first, Knoxville radio was my, my big thing, I did that for many years, but you know, it, it I, when I hit chemistry, biology, and English, it, I said, and you know what? I'm going in radio. <laughs> Ten years of this is nice. I just couldn't do it. I wasn't the school guy. I was a jock in school and everything else. So I wasn't really the academic kind of type. But I soon realized that was not my, my calling. And here we are today. In radio, making big bucks, baby. I'm telling you. Well, there you go. <laughs> Doing an excellent job. Well, thank you. So, so you 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 went through all of this, and um, your residency was where? It was in Tampa Bay, Florida. <laughs> oh, yes. That's another. We're we're from Florida as well. That's all over the place. But yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Good old Tampa. That's great. Yes, it was. Uh, it was interesting living down there for about seven years. I stayed down there for medical school and residency. Um, it was great while you're down there, but eventually my husband and I just wanted to get back up to Tennessee and, and raise our children here. What's your husband's name? Kurt Moyer. Oh, Kurt. No. That's <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, small what, town. What, it is a small town. What it, so now what brought you here to Sumner County? A scouting trip. Really? Yes. Wow. So we um, knew we wanted to be back up in Tennessee. My husband and I are both from Memphis. We didn't necessarily want to go back there. So we started touring different areas. We went to Chattanooga. We went to Nolensville, Franklin. We drove through Sumner County and Indian Lake area. And we both looked at each other and said, this feels right. This we feels beat like out home. Franklin. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I mean, plus then your practice is right here. Where, where's it? located? Right now we're in between Hendersonville and Gallatin okay. at the Hunt Club. Oh, got that nice uh, area right there. Yes. Wow, that's that's cool. And it's a lot quicker to get to work than having to drive downtown. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we don't we don't like that, that's for sure. So as you started progressing into residency and such, what inspired you with this type of program you're doing? And let's break it down and start off telling a little bit how it's different. How has it changed healthcare? I almost say dumb it down, but you know, just make it nice and simple so people can understand exactly why this is different. Yes, okay. So direct primary care is a new and growing healthcare model in the United States where people have a direct relationship with their physician and they pay a flat monthly fee, which includes all of their office visits, direct access to their doctor and discounted rates on labs, medications and procedures. One of the biggest things that direct primary care offers that you can't get in our current healthcare industry is that it allows for the convenience and the customer service to be reintroduced into our healthcare system. So it's as simple as that. So it, let's say, oh, I'm going to go check you out. So I go, I walk in the office, fill out my form, life history, mortgage, <laughs> fill out all that information and the privacy things that you have to do. And then do I have to join prior to doing that? So you would have a membership pricing. You have different levels, I guess, if you're an individual or if you're, you know, you have children you want to add on. How, do, how does that, how does it work price-wise? Yes. So to be, a, to be a member of the practice, you have to be an established patient. Um, all it takes is one appointment. You come in, you set up, we do, we do a couple of um, things with paperwork. I go over your medical history and that's it. You store my number in your phone. Um, and in the event that you need an appointment or uh, a quick question, there's a 
text message, a phone call or email that can be mm-hmm. sent, okay. and an uh, appointment can be set up, usually the same day or, or next day. Do you have one of those portals that you can log in and see your appointment and what yes. happened to your labs? That's so cool. EMR is what they call what it, electronic <laughs> medical record for patients, yes. Yeah, that's kind of, that, I always like seeing that. It's like you get your results back, you know, from your labs or whatever, and you can email you there as, as well, leave a message and, and such. So let's say I, I come in for my first one, and then I have to come back next week. Then you want to see me in two weeks, or I'll see you in three months. I don't pay an office visit when correct. I correct. Come on. You do not pay any copays. You do not pay anything when you come in. And insurance isn't involved. Insurance so is not involved at just all. Just leave your card at home. You don't need it. There are yes, correct. I will never bill your insurance company. There are a couple instances where it comes into play. So if you have health insurance, that's great. You know, if you need a chest X ray or you injure your ankle and you need an ankle X ray, that's where you go to the imaging center. Order is placed and you can use your insurance card for that. Okay. Um, people can also use their insurance for medications in the practice. So I, um, I dispense medications right there in office, um, or we can call it into your pharmacy if you'd rather go through your insurance for that. So then, it, but if they come through through you in your office, and let's say you want to prescribe a, a medication, you, have, you pay then for, for that? Is that separate from the, the membership? Yes, so what you can expect to pay extra for in direct primary care is any lab draws that we do, any medications that we dispense, or any procedures that are done like stitches but payment doesn't happen on the day that you get the procedure done everything is just tacked into that monthly membership okay all right so it's it's no no matter how many times you have to come back correct okay so if you have a you know come in for i think i've got covid symptoms whatever and or next week you guys well i'm having trouble with this and the next week you know that's like okay you're overdoing it (laughs) so it doesn't matter how many times you need to come in per month that price is always the same uh, Medicare for all us older folks. We don't, you don't even deal with Medicare. I do not. Your life is probably so much simpler than having to deal with all the insurance people. <laughs> well, it does. It makes it simple, uh, simple for me and it makes it simple for the patient. So a lot of things, uh, you know, I like to tell people 80% of their health care is usually in primary care. So mm-hmm. it really just simplifies that for them. Um, and, and that insurance is reserved for the um, unfortunate event that they would need to go to the hospital or have a surgery. Got it. Yeah. So I guess the, they come to see you and you go, hey, um, you need a colonoscopy. I'm going to refer you over for so-and-so, so-and-so. They call, make the referral. Then your insurance, that you'll deal with those folks differently. Or if I have to go to Walgreens or wherever to get medication, that's paid separately. And that the, the medications you would have in office, I mean, you can't have a whole pharmacy in there, could you? I do. <gasps> get out. I wow. will say I do not care carry a lot of specialty medications, um, but very common medications that people are, mm-hmm. people are prescribed for blood pressure, cholesterol, things like that. Diabetes, okay. I do carry those in clinic and beating pharmacy prices by about $6 on average per prescription. Mm-hmm. Nice. You know, they have that good RX the thing you can yes. get involved with too. And I'm amazed at the difference in pricing that they have. I don't, I don't know what the catch is. There's gotta be a catch somewhere. It's just, it's interesting <laughs> how when you take your insurance out of the equation, prices come down for a Isn't lot of it? things. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I guess too, you know, there's probably been some history of folks gouging and taking advantage of the insurance. I, I remember one time I was down in Florida, I had to have a procedure and it was like, um, just what was it? I think it was a shoulder thing or whatever, but they went and said, to a surgery center and said, well, if you if you go through insurance, it's $6,000. If you pay cash, it's 2,500. So it's like, what? Right, <laughs> absolutely. And that's because there's pre-negotiated rates between mm-hmm. hospital systems and insurance.
insurance companies. So um, if someone comes in there cash pay, they're not having to go through claims department yeah. and, and all that good stuff. So they're able to lower the prices for patients for self-pay. So what type of insurance plan would, I guess, work best with primary uh, care? Well, for starters, just to repeat, I do not bill health insurance at all. Direct primary care works great in addition to any health insurance plan with the biggest benefit for those with deductible plans or no health insurance at all. Even though I encourage people to have health insurance for those catastrophic illnesses or hospitalizations, you do not need health insurance plan to be a member and receive excellent health care services okay. from a direct primary care physician. Well, I think it's interesting that you're so accessible. Oh, great picture, by the way. Thank yeah, you. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, and we're talking with Kim Moyer. She's a, a physician um, here in, in Sumner County, and she owns Magnolia Family Medicine, which is located over in the Hunt Club area, yes. uh, just off uh, Gallatin Pike there. And I, I think it's just so interesting that you're, you're so accessible that somebody has a question, instead of uh, going to Dr. Google and jumping into things and jumping to conclusions and not understanding everything, they can just message you or call you and leave a message because I get you gotta be very busy. I do stay busy, yes, but I enjoy it. I really yeah. enjoy it. And and I um, I enjoy being able to offer the patients the opportunity to send a quick question um, mm-hmm. where normally they wouldn't want to pay a copay or um, take time off work to uh, have a full office visit with their with their doctor. Well, it's, it's certainly interesting. And uh, we're going to go into our, our first break right here. But when we come back, we're going to find out more about the uh, direct primary care right here with Dr. Kim Moyer. W-H-I-N, stand by. We'll be right back. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. And we're back right here with Sumner County Spotlight. And this Sunday morning, this is Jeff Shan. We've been talking with Dr. Kim Moyer, and she's a board-certified family medicine physician. And she has a very a kind of a unique practice uh, going on right here in Sumner County. So, uh, Dr. Moyer, tell us why opening a direct primary care practice in Sumner County was important to you. Well, we talked about it a little bit before. We mm-hmm. had done a scouting trip here, um, and so we toured a bunch of areas in Nashville. My husband and I came up and drove through some towns, and we had lunch uh, in Sumner County right here in Hendersonville and fell in love with the area. And we Good. both just kind of looked at each other and said, man, this feels right. So, on a whim, we moved here um, and moved our moved our whole family here and we have two little ones and um, opened up the practice about six months later. Yes. Well, see, it's a great place to, to raise kids and school systems are great. There's all kinds of activities to do here. What's some of your, your favorite family activities you guys like to do? Well, we love the coming to the streets here at, at the Indian Lake area. Um, we love the events that they put on, the farmer's markets, the mm-hmm. movie nights. So we do a lot of that with, with our kids. We love the little shops around town, all the restaurants, the local restaurants. It's been it's been a really fun two years. And you're, you're involved in the Hendersonville Chamber? Yes, I yeah. am. <laughs> well, I think it's so important that people do get involved in chamber. And some people are involved in multiple chambers with Gallatin, with Hendersonville. And they're great organizations that really help small businesses. And in fact, here in Hendersonville, of course, we have the Thrive in the 37075 campaign that's really helping to support local businesses. It's great that people here stay here and shop local. There's just plenty to do. And in fact, you mentioned the streets of any lake. We have uh, the big jazz festival coming up here, the youth jazz festival that's coming up. It's going to 
be incredible. That's going to start off the season. We've got uh, things happening here uh, all this uh, coming season when the farmer's market opens. Mm-hmm. It, it's one of the best in the area for sure. And the Magnolia Market is coming That's, up. Yes, the Mid-10 Magnolia Market's yeah. coming up and a lot of shopping and activities. And So come on down. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sumner County is a great place to, to operate. What are some of the, I guess, the negatives that you've run into that you've had to overcome or hurdles that you've had to overcome in order to get this practice jumping? I would say the education component is probably the hardest part. So I get a lot of calls from people who just Google, you know, I need a family doctor. They find us on Google, they give us a call and they Mm say, do you accept my insurance? Well, that's a hard question to answer. I accept people of all insurance types. I just do not bill your health insurance. So um, a lot of times people, uh, it's hard for them to kind of wrap their mind around that. And it's just, it's it's so different from our conventional mm-hmm. healthcare sure. system. And, um, and it's been a challenge. That that part, educating the community has been a little bit of a challenge. So what makes uh, the, the direct primary care more uh, a more affordable healthcare option for folks? So at Magnolia Family Medicine, we have eliminated the financial burden of a large corporate overhead and health insurance billing. So by doing this, I'm able to offer discounted prices for my patients. Mm -hmm. We offer wholesale prices on medications, labs, procedures. I draw labs right there myself in clinic. I usually charge about 10 to $15, depending on their health situation. And there's also a similar savings for the medications and procedures. So I like to tell people, you really don't pay anything more than $25 for stitches, joint injections, you know, any procedure in the clinic that we can Well, let offer. me tell you one of the very frustrating things to me, and I hate going in, and this is where insurance, I guess, is, is complicated things so much. If you go in and say, okay, I need to have this done, how much is it going to cost? And they go, I have no idea. Right. What do you mean you don't have any idea? And then you walk out there and they, they say, okay, that'd be $600. You go, wait a minute, because <laughs> they couldn't tell you. Or right. if they if they don't charge, okay, you're, you're right. good to go. And then you go and then you get a bill from the insurance company for thousands of dollars. And it's like, where, where did that come from? Right. And they can't tell you. The fact that you have your pricing right there, say, look, if you're going to do this, it's this. So people can really afford this and it's a lot better for them. And they, they peace of mind, I guess it could be a lot better. Right. So yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. A lot of people will get to the pharmacy and their medication is $60 and they say, whoa, 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 I can't afford this. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately at that time, you, you know, people can't pick up their phone and just call their doctor and say, hey, what other options do we have? So it's almost like that appointment, everyone has to kind of backtrack and, and go back and revisit that and do a whole mm-hmm. nother appointment. So price transparency is key. I really try to be knowledgeable and be able to explain what it's going to cost for my patients and then just have that accessibility. So if they have an issue with the price down the road, they're able to uh, let me know about it. So with the, they've already got the membership pricing done, so they don't have to worry every time they go in to make a co-payment. Correct. You say, okay, you're good to go. Thanks. Here's your next appointment and whatever. Uh, it's, it's to me, it makes the direct primary care, it seems like a lot more convenient for folks. Absolutely. Yes. And uh, I'll give you a quick example of some of the convenience that we offer. So just last week, I had a patient send me an email. She said, Doc, my ear's been hurting for the past couple of days, and today I spiked a fever. Is there any chance you can get me in today? I picked up my phone. I sent her a text message. I said, sorry, you're not feeling well. Now, can you be here in an hour? An hour later, the patient came in. She was evaluated. She was diagnosed with an ear infection, and she left the clinic with antibiotics in her hand, yeah. only paying $1.68 get for them. <laughs> yes. Really? So this entire appointment took maybe about 15 minutes mm-hmm. of her time. We did not need to use her health insurance, and she did not have to drive to the pharmacy to pick up her prescription. Well, that's, you know, every time you do that, you know, you go there to pick up, well, it's not, it's not ready yet. Well, they didn't call it in right away. With the technology, a lot of things, it, they're being done faster. 
there with their tablets and they, they say, okay, I sent it over. But the time you get there, well, it'll be ready in 20 minutes. And it's like, oh, come on. I got to kill time doing something, you know? Yes. So, wow, that's, that is really convenient. I think people's, I think a lot of times people get very frustrated with the medical professionals and, and offices, not so much the doctors, but the practice itself that you end up having to go and you're sitting there waiting and waiting for what? And then you hear them back there jabbering away, doing whatever. It's like, my time is valuable here. And then you go wait in the waiting room for 45 minutes before they actually come in. And, and I think it is very frustrating. So Yes, right. At, at Magnolia Family Medicine, I'm greeting my patients at the door. So they walk in the door. Well, <laughs> before COVID, I was shaking their hand and we were walking right back into the uh, the office. So there was no name and date of birth, please. I knew who they were and we got right into it. See, that's... that. What you just said is very valuable. And I think a lot of people like that personable thing because you're going in with a lot of private stuff and you have to feel comfortable with the the person that you're with to go over that. You know, so I think that's uh, very commending for you for for doing that. Yes. I don't know how you pull it off, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jeff, let me give you another example. Sometimes with my patients who recently had surgery, uh, it's a little easier for me to get to them instead of them coming to my office. Um, So after one of my patients had a C-section, we both came to the conclusion that maybe it'd be easier for me to go to her. Um, Did we hear a house call? Yes. That is never done. Yes, it is. It, it's we're bringing it back to old days. We're bringing it back. So yeah, we set up an appointment I um, and I did her post-op visit and her baby's newborn exam right there in the comfort of her home. Wow. Are you serious? Absolutely. You one of those little black bags? I I wish. Yours is more modern now. It's, yes, it's a computer. It, it, yes, I took my computer. I took all my supplies and the biggest bag that I could find, and, and we we got the job done. So That's, wow, that, folks! Did you hear what we just said? A doctor that does house calls—that's <laughs> unheard of. That, that's amazing. We're, we'll take a pause right here. So, if they wanted to reach out to you, they get a free consultation, and if they call your number, which is it is six one five eight five two. Six four eight zero, and you get that free consultation right there, and set up that appointment. Uh, and they'll go over the the pricing with you and everything, and it uh, seems very affordable uh, for sure because you're not having you're not having copays. There's not waiting rooms. They, the the pricing is right out front and you have direct access to to your doctor. I mean, that's pretty much hassle-free to me. Absolutely. Yes. Tell us some other interesting stories. Putting her on the spot now. (laughs) We have to watch out for HIPAA. You know, we had to watch what we do. (laughs) Well, let's see. About a month ago, I had a patient show up after having an injury to his arm and he needed stitches. And he showed up and said, Doc, do I need to go to the ER? I said, no, but you do need some stitches. So we went back into my office, kind of fit him in that day, that same day, and uh, sutured him up. He was charged $15. There was no exchange of payment that day, but it was added on to his monthly fee. So about two weeks later, when his monthly enrollment fee came, or monthly fee came Mm -hmm. time, he was charged $15 and stitches were removed. He didn't get charged an extra uh, office visit for that. Mm, Very very interesting. As I rub my chin. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just amazing that other people aren't taking advantage of this. I mean, and sure, I, I got, a, you know, insurance involved in a lot of things that things get a lot more complicated. There's more paperwork and we don't have to deal with that with this. And I think a lot of people like that hassle-free uh, aspect of it. What would you see would be the direct difference between the, the direct primary care and the concierge kind of practice? Yes. So great question. So a concierge uh, medicine and direct primary care, they both have monthly membership fees and they both offer the ability to contact your doctor directly. Um, but there are two major differences. One, concierge clinics 
traditionally still bill your health insurance company, whereas direct primary care clinics function completely on the membership fees of their patients. And health insurance and and deductibles are reserved for catastrophic Mm. illnesses. So explain what a concierge practice is. Concierge practice is a direct access to your doctor where you pay a monthly membership fee and you're able to call them 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. When we start adding your practice into it, yes. it takes that to the next level, right? Right, so we don't bill health insurance. So that's, that's the biggest difference. So concierge will, will pay, you will get charged a monthly membership fee and then the doctor will also bill your health insurance. So usually with concierge, you're gonna have the co-pays um, and, and uh, the prices are a lot higher mm-hmm. by about 50% for concierge doctors. Now, do you see all age groups? I do, yes. Yeah. Yes. So now it, it, if they had a small child, would that go to pediatric or they could still come to you? They can still come to me. So okay. I'll see um, newborns and up. Wow, that's great. Yes. So like a one-stop shop. One-stop shop. <laughs> I, I do have a whole lot of families that will just sign up the whole, you know, the whole family and keep everybody under one plan. Now, do you, I get, that might be a different kind of practice, but you, do you do, you know, do major surgeries? Uh, I do not. I do minor procedures okay. in clinics. Yes. Okay. Because I guess you have to have a different license for that if you're going to do open heart liver transplant Absolutely. or anything <laughs> and, a, and a whole lot more training yes <laughs> <laughs> well just dealing with kids i mean learning what the kids are going through these days you also do allergies can you well yes, that which is, is a hot crazy topic. oh my gosh <laughs> i mean you've seen the videos with all the uh, the trees with all the pollen blowing off of them you know it, and it's it, it's crazy this year you know they have different medications that people can take you know, over-the-counter things. and uh, But if somebody had something more severe allergy kind of type, would you refer them to uh, an allergist or? It depends. Yeah, it depends. We could do, a, we do some allergy testing in clinic. Um, we can try some different medications okay. that are not over-the-counter. Um, and then sometimes if they are uh, severe enough, we will refer to an allergist. Mm-hmm. Would you be considered, let's say if you had a group of physicians, do you all have a, like a, still have that bond? They don't consider what you do, you're an outsider. You know, that kind of thing. Because there's got to be some, uh, you know, structuring going on within the, the hierarchy and, and such. Are you t- referring to different to specialists and primary care doctors or, pri- or direct? Well, there's always going to be that, that hassle with you're just a primary. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, within, I guess when, when physicians are, are together, let's say they're, you're doing networking, you know, and you're with other physicians and such, how, how do they perceive this kind of uh, practice? I, I think for the most part, most family physicians, internists, and pediatricians are excited about direct primary care. Even if they're not doing direct primary care, they love the idea of it. Well, it seems to me like they should. It seems like so much simpler. It makes your life so much simpler. It makes the patient's life so much simpler. So to me, it's a no-brainer. Absolutely. Why they wouldn't even jump on that. Absolutely. Well, you're doing the right thing. Well, thank you. Yes. <laughs> well, listen, we've been talking with Kim Moore. She's a physician, board certified, I must say. And she owns Magnolia Family Medicine Direct Primary Care. And she's located over in the Hunt Club area. And you can reach her on the website. You might want to check that out. It's magnoliafm.com. And she has a, a direct line. Yes. Don't so tell it, anybody. If you, it's private. If you want to give me a call, it is 615-852-6488. That comes directly to my cell phone. So if you're interested in a free consultation, feel free to reach out via text, phone call. If I I don't answer, leave me a voicemail and I'll get back to you. Well, that's just amazing. Well, I've got to tell you, 
I've learned a lot today and hope everybody else is because I'm, I'm truly inspired and I just love this the new idea. You opened my eyes directly for sure. We've been talking with Dr. Moyer. Thank you so much for being here on Sumner County Spotlight and we wish you very well. Well, thank you so much, Jeff, for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. So that concludes uh, another edition of Sumner County Spotlight right now. Stand by. We have uh, other segments coming up later on for Sumner County Spotlight. And this is Jeff Shannon and we'll be right back after these words. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlight since 1906. FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Welcome back to Sumter County Spotlight. This is Jeff Shannon. Uh, thanks for having us in on this Sunday morning. We have a next guest right here. Um, well, listen, he's a daddy of three. He's got three. Whoop, whoop. They're, they're probably not little anymore, but <laughs> he's also uh, You'd be surprised. Whoop. You'd be surprised, Mr. Shannon. The youngest I have is six. And I'm, and I'm 59, so do the math. Okay. Well, you're, you're also a best-selling author. When you have time to do all that, I don't know. But he's a serial <laughs> entrepreneur, internationally renowned business speaker, nationally syndicated radio show host, and former All-American track and field athlete. But I you notice the first thing you. in that list you just mentioned was daddy of three. You know, To me, that's yeah, the most well, that's, important thing of everything. And my whole go. life revolves around my kids, and as it should be, I believe. Absolutely. Family first, for sure. So, but you've been an entrepreneur for a, a lot of years and, and you and I go way, way back. We uh, do. Back in the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> back when so, there was film in cameras. Film. Oh, that's the stuff on your teeth, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, listen, I mean, you, gosh, I, I mean, it's been amazing uh, how much you've accomplished over the years. And uh, we've, we've kind of been distant for a few, but uh, I'm so glad we were able to hook back up. But uh, just tell everybody a little bit about yourself so they can kind of get, get a feel for it. Well, you kind of did the highlights, but I've been a, a serial lifestyle entrepreneur since the early 90s. And back then, I had a, a real job. I was the national sales manager for a pet product manufacturing company and woke up one day and said, you know what? These 80-hour work weeks is not what I want to do the rest of my life. And so my very first venture into my own thing was a, a joint venture with my mom. We bought a failing espresso business. And back then, there was no such thing as drive throughs But we bought an old box with two windows. And within six months, we had built it up to about 300 cups a day, bought a second one, bought a third one, started three more. And by the time we were done, I had 11 and, and sold it and said, you know what? This is kind of fun. I like creating something from nothing, building it, selling it and moving on to the next idea. So over the last 25 or 30 years, I was doing the math a couple months ago. I think I've sold 16 businesses ranging from a, a nightcrawler company to the espresso, to restaurants, to manufacturing. I love the the art of creation. And I was in photography for many years. And to me, it wasn't the taking the beautiful picture that turned me on. It was how can I get as many clients as I can to spend as much money as I can and provide to them an impeccable experience, good customer service. And at the end of the day, they're not going to feel how much money they're paying me. <laughs> so yeah. what I've basically done, Jeff, is over the years, I figured out the basic principles of good, solid business. And then I've applied it to a bunch of different industries. In fact, about two years ago, I took a year off and I currently own five companies. I took a year off from running my own companies 
and I became the president, wait for it, the president of a an affiliate of the world champion San Francisco Giants baseball team. And I did that for a whole season. We drove attendance up. It was the highest increase in attendance in all of minor league baseball. I did it for a year, and then the team got contracted, and I stepped down and came back to my own businesses. So now I have one one little paragraph on my about Mitch that says I played baseball for a year, and I got to, to be president for a, a small affiliate of the San Francisco Giants. So I just like to be challenged. I don't like to be bored, and every couple, two, three years, I need to start something buy something, sell something. And that kind of takes me to where I am today. And I really do say, Jeff, that I'm a lifestyle entrepreneur because I do put my life first, my family, my kids, what I do, my hobbies. And then I reverse engineer to figure out what my business blueprints need to look like. And I've done that for the better part of 30 years now. Well, I got a San Francisco giant story for you. I lived in San Francisco way on back. Uh, this we're, we're talking the Willie Mays days. Okay, yeah. You know, Juan Marichal. We were there at, at a game live at Candlestick Park, by the way. Mm. And I'm sitting there. You you just wait for Willie to hit a home run. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what he did. Yeah. You know? So I had to go get I had to go get a hot dog. That's what you had to do. At the minute I got up out of that seat and went underneath the bleachers or through the, the little course there, bam, here it goes. Willie hit a home run and I missed it. Oh, no. <laughs> and you yeah. fast forward all these decades later and it's a story, right? The story, the one that got away. <laughs> yeah, you know it, you know it. So, so you listen, you, you've been really busy. You know, you've published, what, nine books. You, you're talking marketing, uh, your ex, uh, espresso business, uh, power marketing, selling and pricing. And, you know, with the power marketing, you know, you and I back in the day, you were really, uh, really hot on that and the marketing. And, and, you know, marketing is marketing. A lot of people think it's different. Different for, for different businesses, yeah. but it, it's, you know, marketing one-on-one, the same principles. You just, uh, you know, kind of change the title a little bit. That's right. And see, back when I was in photography, back when you and your wife, Kathleen, and she's now the executive mm-hmm. director of the Hendersonville Chamber of Commerce, back yeah. then, you guys were like the dynamic duo, one of the best couples in the entire world at oh, what thanks. you did. And you would go around and teach it to other photographers wanting to learn about not just the fine art of how to take a beautiful image in your camera and, and, and create art art, but how to market and how to get that phone to ring. And and a lot of entrepreneurs out there, they have a passion for, let's say, building cabinets. And they start a business because they like building cabinets, but they don't have that foundational, the sales, the marketing, the branding, the promotion, the pricing, and oh yes, that lifestyle design. What kind of life do you want first? And so you and Kathleen had that. You guys were magic together. And to this day, a lot of the photographers that are out there are successful because of what you guys instilled upon them those many, many years ago. And I think a lot of your listeners may not know that, but you got quite a very special person here on the airwaves uh, here (laughs) on the radio. And it's been an honor knowing you all these years. Yeah, the entrepreneurship journey is so interesting because there's never two days back to back that are the same. And that's what I like about it. Every day I wake up and yes, I got my schedule, but I never know what's going to come, what opportunities are going to present themselves. And then my biggest choices are, is this an opportunity that I want to go after or do I want to pass on it? And that's that's hard to do when you're a new entrepreneur is you want to take every opportunity and say yes. But... <laughs> Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, like, like going back to the marketing, and I think so many businesses now, especially going through the COVID and the, the pandemic and all of this uh, stuff that has happened, you've seen, uh, you know, tons of businesses really just go under. 
And they, oh, yeah. well, you know, sometimes it's out of their control. They, 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 it's gone way too far. They just can't do it. But then you have those others that got creative and their marketing. They didn't stop their advertising. They didn't stop their promotion. Mm-hmm. They had to come up with creative thinking. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and come up with these ideas in order to keep this business afloat. Well, and it's an overword, overused word, but pivot, right? They had to figure out a yeah. way to pivot their business, whether that meant going online. Maybe they didn't do online sales before. Well, then now they had to do that. I have a, an artisan coffee roasting company. And before the pandemic, our main customer was selling to hotels and resorts. Very mm-hmm. simple business model. Well, that kind of went away. Everything got shut down. So we had to pivot and start marketing to Susie in Hendersonville, Tennessee, and Bob in Schenectady, New York, people that would buy one 12-ounce bag of coffee. And if you offered them two bags, he'd give them a third bag for free. So we had a pivot from selling five-pound bags and 20-pound cases to selling one 12-ounce bag to someone in small-town USA that and just enjoys a good cup of coffee. And that was a severe pivot because you know we had the capacity to do a lot of volume and they had to change that very quickly, but allowed us to kind of tread water and, until everything started to open up again. And and so now I'm happy to say we're, we're back on the track, not where we were before, but th- that re-pivoting, that re-engineering, that innovative thinking allowed us to keep the doors open and live to fight another day. Well, and, and two, it's it's your brand. You know, you have that high voltage branding going on. So, you know, I think what you have to do is is, is keep that brand going and improve mm-hmm. it. And, you know, you have to you have to get creative. I think so many people, they, they just get the woe is me kind of attitude and they say, well, I, 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 I can't do it. You know, I think and that's why it's always good to have a partner. And just, just like with Kathleen and myself, she was always good at things that I wasn't. And I was good at things that she wasn't. Exactly. So it, it worked out great. And that's something that a lot of husband and wife teams in any industry, you got to kind of figure out what's your what's your wheelhouse. What are you strong at? What are you weak at? And what don't you like to do? And hopefully your partner compliments you on that so you can divide and conquer. But I've always said that smart people hire people around them that are smarter than them and then stay out of their way and let them do their job. <laughs> Empower them, give them the attaboy, support them in any way that you can, give them the tools they need to be successful, but then let them do their job. And I found that, at least in my career, that's allowed me to keep good people employed. It's allowed people to stay around a long time and to remain loyal to not just me, but to the brand and the company. And that's important to me, you know, because as an, as a an business owner and an entrepreneur, part of our responsibility is putting food on tables of other people in the world. They have mortgages, they got credit card payments, they have kids that need basketball shoes for the game. And it's a big responsibility that entrepreneurs have around the world to be able to do that for other families besides themselves. Well, and I think too, like so many people are, are, are scared of failing, but as you say, mm-hmm. you know, getting punched in the face from failure is probably the best teacher that you can have. Oh, absolutely. And so many people have just failed, 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 failed. But they've learned mm-hmm. from each failure, and then they become successful. I've had so many. I mean, I can't even count. <laughs> I, right. I, I, I've failed 99 times, been knocked down 99 times, but I've gotten up 100 times. As long as you get up that one extra time, to, like I said earlier, to fight another fight, to live in, to fight another day, then you have the you have the fiber to be an entrepreneur. Not everybody's not everybody's born or cut out to be a business owner. That's why there's such a thing called an employee. Yeah. But the people that do get that higher calling, that are the the creator of jobs, the creator of new ideas out there in the, the marketing universe, those people are, right now, there's more of them than has ever been because because of the pandemic, people have 
lost their jobs, they've been downsized, mm-hmm. and so they are now doing their side hustle as a full-time living. It's exciting for people like me because I make part of my living in people starting new businesses. You know, I have a book called The Business Basics Bootcamp, The Ultimate Crash Course, and it details everything from lifestyle design to sales and marketing and pricing, and it gives someone that, that blueprint, so to speak, on how they can start with nothing Build a brand. How do you do a logo? Well, you know what's important with branding when you're starting a business. What about your website presence? What about social media? And that's something else too, Jeff. It could be six hours just on this subject. We sure. spend way too much time on our devices. Way mm-hmm. too much time. And I always ask the question: What did you do before you had the device? Well, <laughs> you did stuff like talk to your kids, play family games, go for a walk with the dog, go for a bike ride. And all of a sudden, here's this device in our face and our kids now. That's just their culture. And that time had to come from somewhere. You can't magically create a 25th hour in the day. It ha- something had to give. And what gave was family time and personal time and, and friendships and all those kinds of things. And now, when I have friends coming over to our house for a, a dinner party or something, I have a sign believe it or not, outside my front door that says, you are now entering a no device zone. And so when people come in, we ask them, you know, please be respectful of, of the of the moment. And that's just talk. Let's just hang out with each other and catch each other up on what's going on. But let's not look at our device every time it goes. And right now, Jeff, I know you reached for your pocket when you heard that noise, didn't you? <laughs> Was feeling good, but, uh, <laughs> but and you can't you, you and you you can't ignore Coral the hermit crab as well as those, oh, those yeah, guppies you have. You got to right. got to pay attention to them, but they're they're going to feel hurt. Yeah, Coral the the uh, hermit crab, tell you the dog, Delilah the dog, and three hundred guppies, and the names really aren't that important. We don't have to go over that in this show. So. <laughs> but listen, we're talking with Mitch Graff, and he's our marketing expert. And you might have heard him uh, this past Thursday on Coffee and Conversations with the Hendersonville Chamber of Commerce, and uh, I'm just so glad that. We were able to to hook back up after all these years, and I uh, think it, it's awesome what you're doing. We have uh, several different topics that we're going to cover. In fact, we have another segment coming up here. But uh, Mitch, yeah, you you live out in Oregon, so. And a lot of people think, well, it's, it, marketing is different places you're at. And that's really not true. It, it doesn't matter whether you're in Schenectady or Nowhereville, Oregon, where we are. The only difference is out here, we don't have to lock our houses. We don't have to lock our cars. You right now, if you know where I live, you can come and rob me for everything I own because we don't lock <laughs> things at night. But you know what? I want to raise my family without that stress of, did I remember yeah. to lock the car? Did I leave something in the back? I don't want to worry about that. So my six-year-old can ride out there on her bike and, and around the, the, the driveway in our part of the street and not worry about a neighbor coming by because we only get nine cars a day. You know, it's it's there's something mm-hmm. to be said for that kind of a lifestyle. That's how I was raised, and that's how I want to raise my family. And you have to give something up. You have to give up some of the, well, people are close to you that you can market to. So that's what the internet has allowed me to do is I can market to anybody in the world. doesn't matter where I'm at. As long as you have an internet connection and a laptop and a good, strong message and a hook, an irresistible offer, as long as you have those things, you can make a living wherever you are. You can be location independent, so to speak. We got a couple of minutes left on this segment. Tell me what to entertain like a pro is appetizers. What, <laughs> tease, tease me. Tease me oh, this. I have several passions in my life. One of them is cooking. <laughs> I love good food. 
I love good wine. I love good conversation. But cooking has always been one of my things. One of my companies is actually called Barbecue Nation. We sell well, you do well around spices and, <laughs> and rubs, and we have miscellaneous barbecue accessories. We have all kinds of stuff. It's a national brand. But through that, I got to take some of my recipes for barbecuing and stick them into a recipe book. Uh, we have a, have a barbecue recipe, recipe book. book. Right? We have a recipe book yeah. for that. And then through that project came the idea of, well, we do a lot of entertaining and, and people like to have little ideas on what can I do for my the friends that are coming over Friday night. Nothing big and fancy and extravagant, but just little simple uh, ideas. And so I put a recipe book together, how to entertain like a pro. And so it's just simple ideas that you can do that are appetizers, not entrees or desserts, just appetizers. And it's got 25, 30, 35 different recipe books. It's a very small book, but it's just something kind of fun. Give you some ideas, get your creative juices flowing so that you can put something on your table that you haven't done before. I really don't see how you find time for all of this, but it's it's just amazing. I mean, you've always been one of the go-getters out there. So I, I'm, it's it doesn't surprise me very much. But you but. know what it is, Jeff? And I know we're, we're coming up to a hard break here. It, it really is uh, about prioritizing and figuring out what I do well and making sure that I do those things and then offloading as much as I can of the other stuff and delegating it so that I can focus on what my superpowers are and the things that are important to me. And I've always been able to do that, at least to a certain extent. And when we come back from the break, I'll talk about what my philosophy is. It's called the 24-7 mentality. And it's not the 24-7 that you're thinking of. So we're talking with Mitch Graff and we're going to be right back and finding out a lot more because we have a lot of interesting topics to cover. So stand by. We'll be right back after this. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. And we're back with Sumner County Spotlight, right here by Jeff Shannon, uh, sponsored by our friends at FNM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard, right here in Hendersonville. Always good to have them uh, sponsoring our show. Uh, we've been talking with Mitch Graff, and he's an entrepreneur, and he lives way out there on the West Coast, up in Oregon. Thank you and, for not saying Oregon, by the way. Oregon. Oregon. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Got to say it right. <laughs> so, and, and Mitch, you know, we, you have this 24-7 philosophy. Let's, mm-hmm. let's jump into that. Tell us what that means. Well, everyone has the, the, the standard definition, which is 24 hours a day, seven months a year. But I have a different definition. And since about 1994, I've really tried to live my life with this philosophy. And to me, it means 24 hours a week, seven months a year. And so, am I successful with that? No. Sometimes I am. Sometimes I not, but that is my shining beacon on the hill. Every day when I get up, it's like, what can I do to be more efficient with the things that I'm doing to free up my time so that I can do the things in life that are important to me, whatever that is, whether it's to take a walk by myself, to go kick the soccer ball with my six-year-old, or to invest it back in my business to help grow it. I get the choice then, and it's that time freedom. And I think that's one of the problems that a lot of people have today is they just don't have enough time to do the things in their lives that they want to do, whatever that is. And part of it is because they allow the world to dictate what they do on a daily basis instead of saying, okay, here's my schedule, here's my blog. And I, I work on the pod system every half hour. It's a block. And I either on a phone call, I'm doing a report, I'm in a meeting, I'm doing something. And my calendar is filled up for, you know, just like yours for, for days and weeks in advance. Mm-hmm. And 
that's just part of the reality that I live in. But that 24-7, what can I do today to be more efficient so that it frees up time for me tomorrow? And every day I look at ways to offload things that aren't important that I do necessarily. It's okay for someone else to do it or maybe just to eliminate the thing altogether. You know, maybe you don't need it. Maybe you can automate the task or delegate it or eliminate it. But definitely I don't have to do everything. And I think that's a mistake that a lot of beginning entrepreneurs make is they think they have to do everything and they got to put in those 80 hours a week. And I'm here to tell you, it's not necessary. What you need to do is build a team around you, figuring out what's most important for you to do and then do that. And then don't do the other stuff. Well, and I think too, if they released the amount of time that they spend looking at frivolously on uh, Facebook and social media, how much time is actually wasted just scrolling up and down the timeline? Oh, that would be magic. If you can free up that amount of time, I mean, just ask yourself, what would you do with an extra half hour a day? What would you do with an extra hour a day? What would you Mm -hmm. do with an extra two hours? And if you sit down and ask that question seriously to yourself and to your spouse or your partner, I'll bet you, you're going to find some things that you realize that, okay, I don't have to be doing this for an hour and a half. I can do it for 45. You know, I'll scroll through Facebook for 45 instead of an hour and a half. And I'll bet you anything, you're still going to be okay with that. But guess what? You just freed up 45 minutes to invest into something else of your choosing. And that really is where the magic happens. And we all can do better at that. I mean, I'm I'm by no means a a pro at it, but I work at it every single day. It's one of the things I'm trying to get better at every single day. So I'm not this 90 hour a week uh, working guy. I don't want to be that guy. 59 years old with a six, 13 and a 15 year old. Guess what? I want to be home for those kids. I want to be involved in their lives. And the only way I can do that is to be really good at working, but not a lot. (laughs) And don't, don't, hey, don't forget about the crab now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She takes care of herself my 13 year old son colton uh, yeah he takes care of the crab and she's kind of automated we've automated that system yeah well and, and what you were talking about i think you, you know you have a business basic boot camp workshops that you do some of that social media coverage and managing your time and not letting it be a, a time bandit on you uh, you you cover all of that in your in your workshop is that correct absolutely yeah we've done that for many many years and every year just gets better and better and better because i learn more from people and the business landscape changes. Uh, So yeah, if something's been doing for the better part of 25 years, and there's now a book, I wrote it last year, it's it's now a year old. My new book though, which I think has the potential, Jeff, to even be more revolutionary than the bootcamp book, is called Customer Service is Dead, Delivering Six-Star Service in a One-Star World. Just came out about three weeks ago, and it just talks about what I call the the Six-Star Service Manifesto, which is six points and then basically broke them down into six chapters, but six points on ways that you can take impeccable care of your customers to show that you care and to go above and beyond. And customer service has, has dropped off substantially in the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. We've automated, yes. we've changed systems to, to eliminate that human element. And I think that the way that businesses can thrive and exceed expectations is to give those frontline employees, the ones that hold the brands in their hands, to give them better training so that when they have a customer contact or a prospect contact, they realize that, you know what? 
I need to focus 110% on this human being that's right in front of me because this person, if I get them to come back a second time, a third time, bring their friends and families and give us referrals, I don't have to go spend a lot of money on advertising. All I got to do is take really good care of the customers that we have and make them feel like gold, like make them feel special. Mm -hmm. And so the book kind of outlines ways that you can make sure that your customer service and your customer experience is second to none. And it's not just the five star. To me, it's like, what does it hurt to give a little bit extra? Why can't you go a little bit above and beyond the five star? I mean, if you go to a restaurant and they give you good food and it's nice service Mm -hmm. and a little smile, they meet your expectations. You give them a five stars. You give them a 20% tip, maybe 25% tip because they smiled extra or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's five star. Well, what about the people that go above and beyond that? I I want to start a movement out there that it actually is a six star system. And so we're starting an organization is called the Six Star Certification, which is going to come with an online course and it's going to come with crystals that you can put on your your counter if you're a brick and mortar uh, or uh, stuff you can put on your website that shows that, hey, we are six star certified. We take customer service and the customer experience seriously here. You know that when you do business with us, that there's we're going to treat you like something special. Well, in fact, in, in the, the past uh, coffee and conversations, I think that was your topic. Is that uh, customer yes, service? Yes, it was. Dead? Yeah. And I yeah. tell you, the, the Hendersonville Chamber is just absolutely wonderful. The members that you got down there are, are, are great people and a lot of energy. And there's something magical happening with that chamber. Absolutely. And it's because of Kathleen. <laughs> well, she, she gets them fired up. She that's does. For sure. That's for sure. <laughs> yep. Well, and you know, we have so many great businesses here in, in Sumner County and in Hendersonville. And a lot of them do have that that great personable service. And, but you, you're going to find those organizations where, you know, maybe the training is not as as good. And you know, some other customer service is, is lacking. But I think for the for the most part, most of our, our restaurants, uh, our businesses and such are, do a stellar job of that. But I think you're I like that six, uh, six star certification process. That that sounds interesting. Yeah, it, it's something different. And we'll see if it has the legs. It's again, it's I like to give birth to ideas. And this is just yeah. the newest idea that I have. And it's kind of like a, a an additional layer to the book. This customer service is dead book. And the book is doing very well. We've sold about. 6,500 copies in the first three weeks, which is very, very good. And I really think that one day this is going to be a standard for anyone that that reads about customer service and how to take better care of your people. And and just one of the things I guess you speak on, but what are some of the other topics that you can actually lecture on if somebody wanted to bring you in to their organization or to their meeting? uh, This goes on and on. (laughs) Everything business related, but I think the the number one thing that the last 10 or 15 years has really become number one is just lifestyle design. I mean, yes, I'm an entrepreneur and yes, I can teach on sales, marketing, branding, pricing, social media, promotions. That's my wheelhouse. But to me, lifestyle design and, and putting your priorities in order and making sure that you you have enough time to do the things in your life that are important. All that comes with that lifestyle design. And so I've, I went to work studying how to be the best at designing, not just my life, but helping others and enabling them to design the lifestyle of their dreams as well. So that's like number one. And all the business acumen comes second, because if you don't get that lifestyle design down, you're going to fall prey to the nine to five trap. And before you know it, you're 
working those 80 hours a week. And you know what? Life's too short. It's too precious to do that. But you don't, you, do you not do you do, you do podcast or solo yeah. cast as you call yeah, them? Yeah, I got a, uh, it's, 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 actually it's a podcast slash uh, radio show. We're syndicated in about 40 uh, markets across the country. It's called Business Edge Radio mm-hmm. and the Business Edge Minute. Uh, the Business Edge Radio is just an hour long of interviews with, uh, with forward thinking entrepreneurs. Uh, at the end of every show, at the end of every hour, I do a recipe. That, see, I'm bringing in my, my yeah, passion for cooking. There so <laughs> it's just four or five minutes. Here's a recipe on, on how do you make the, the best grilled chicken. Here's a recipe for making the best cup of coffee in the world. And then I also have a, a product called the Business Edge Minute, which is just 60 seconds. Just just some little, here's one, two, three. Here's reasons why you need to stay hydrated on the busy days at your office. Here's what you can do to maximize your commute time to and from the office every day. Here's four tips on why it's important to restrict that screen time each day yeah, from yeah. your kids and yourself. So just little things that you can take with you that you don't have to concentrate too much. I give you the boom, boom, boom. Here's the one, two, three, fours. And then 60 seconds, it's on to the next little thing. But we're in about 40 markets across the country. Well, I mean, uh, we're looking at it for you right here. So uh, you might be hearing uh, Mitch right here with his Business Edge Minute coming up here at WHIN. Oh, that'd so, be great. Yeah. And, and well, we try, I mean, it's, it's good. We try to keep some some humor in there. It makes it a little kind of fun, enjoyable. And again, it's 60 seconds. So how much pain can you go through in 60 exactly. seconds? <laughs> well, we're not teaching, we're not teaching uh, F-stops. So no, it's we're opposing te- techniques. We're teaching living life to the fullest, doing the best that you can with what you got and, uh, and, and waking up with a smile. Well, I mean, how do you um, set up your, your, your traveling? I mean, I mean, I know you have, do you have sponsors or how, how is that being handled? I retired from the sponsorship game many, many, many years ago. Uh, I don't blame you. Yeah, and uh, with the with the, the advent of, of Zoom and places like that, mm-hmm. you know, I can do a lot of my work from the confines of where I'm at right this moment talking to you, which is my, yeah. my home office, and I have all the toys and tricks here, and a lot of times I don't need to travel, and I don't want to mm-hmm. travel that much. I really mm-hmm. just like being home with my kids. I mean, that really is my turn on. That is my why. So and, if somebody wanted to, to reach out and, and book you, I guess you would send them to to the powermarketing101.com. That is correct. Yep. Power, P with a, as in Paul, powermarketing101.com. Yeah, it's got everything there. What I do as far as consulting and my speaking and the books and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, I I hate to tell you, I got 13 different websites, 13 different uh, businesses slash projects that we we have in our our holding company. It's a little crazy to keep track of, but again, if if I had to do the same thing over and over again every single day, I would be totally bored. Squirrel! Jeff, did you see that squirrel just now? See it? Shiny object. So, yeah, yeah. Hey, let's go for a bike ride. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, and in social media, oh my gosh. I mean, if to somebody doing social media correctly, it's almost a full-time job. You almost oh. have to have somebody that just manages all these different platforms and, and get your marketing out there. What I tell people is don't try to be everything to everyone. Just pick one platform and do it very, very well. Especially yeah. if you're a, a one-man shop or a two-man band, you don't need to go out there and do it all. The big companies, yeah, absolutely. You need to be on every platform and every every waking moment. You got to have content generation 24 hours a day. If you're mom and pa, if you're a small business, pick one and be excellent at it as opposed to being mediocre in all of them. Um, sure. And that's hard too because we think we have to be everywhere. No, you mm-hmm. don't. You don't need customers coming out your your booty. You need then enough customers to support the lifestyle that you've chosen to pay the employees and to have enough profit at the end of the day that you can have a, a business next year and in five years. And you just need to get that perfect client and put your promotion, your advertising dollars and efforts in front of those people. And you don't have to be on all platforms. Absolutely. I mean, whether it be sure. Facebook or Instagram stories or Twitter, 
pick one and then be the best. With the pandemic and everybody working from home, I think there's a new norm starting to happen. You know what I mean? So I think a lot of businesses are allowing more of their employees to work from home because they can they can do that. You know, since they're doing that, give us a couple of tips for people that are working from home. Oh, this is a tough one because there's, there's the haves and the have-nots. There's half the people in the country that were sent home are flourishing. They're excelling at the home environment. They, mm-hmm. they they get up in the morning, they get their cup of coffee, they go to work, and by golly, they're actually more productive than they were when they were in an office environment with cubicles and interruptions and everything. Then you had the other 50% of, of the people that were sent home that say, hey, I'm working from home. I'm going to go throw a ball for my dog. I'm going to check the, the news real quick. Hey, I'm going to just go grab a, a little bite to eat in my kitchen. Before you know it, productivity is through the yeah. toilet, yeah. and it really is an interesting dichotomy of the haves and the have-nots. And corporate America, I've talked to several corporate executives that are telling me that it's a serious problem, and it's going to be a serious problem in the future because a lot of these guys are not going back to the office environment. They're not. Yeah. These yeah. companies are saying, I can save so much money by having remote employees. I don't have to pay for the office and the overhead and the lights and everything. I'll just pay for their phone bill, and, and, and it'll, life will be good. But the problem is, half the employees in the United States are being less effective and less productive than they were before. And that's going to be a problem down the road. And and I think you have to trust your employees that they're not going to just, you know, waste the whole day exactly. away and take naps and, exactly. and not really working. Exactly. So, well, I, and again, I think everybody's adjusting, things are changing, and there's just all kinds of things that, that people are learning uh, about this new normal, if you will. So Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good word, learning. We're, we're learning yeah. to deal with this one day at a time and we'll get through it. We are getting through Absolutely. We're getting closer every single day. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Well, listen, we've been talking with Mitch Graff, and he's an entrepreneur. And let me tell you, he's got loads of information. And again, if you want to reach out to him, all you have to do is go to powermarketing101.com. He's got a blog. He's got all kinds of activities up there, things that you can really learn from. Mitch, listen, thank you so much, brother, for kind oh, of coming on the show. Jeff, man. it's been an honor to talk to you and your audience. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again, okay? Absolutely. Right. So there's uh, there's Mitch Graff, and that concludes uh, this edition of Summer County Spotlight, sponsored by our friends at FNM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard right here in Hendersonville. This is Jeff Shannon. We'll check you next time. So long. Sumner County Spotlight on 100.7 WHIN 1010 AM has been brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, a home mortgage, or considering refinancing your home, FNM Bank will provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 AM. Thanks for listening.